Welcome to WTBU News Today. I'm Stephanie. Boston has had a mixture of overcast and beautiful clear skies lately. Temperatures on Sunday are expected to reach a high of 73 degrees Fahrenheit, with the rest of the week looking noticeably cooler compared to earlier this month in August. High temperatures next week will not exceed 80 degrees Fahrenheit, and lows will drop as low as 48 degrees Fahrenheit. Now we'll move into the Boston University COVID-19 dashboard update. On September 11th, two members of the Boston University community tested positive for COVID-19. One of them was a student and the other was an employee. On average, BU's lab took 26 and a half hours to process each test, making September 11th the fourth consecutive day that processing times have been under 30 hours. In total, 89 members of the BU community have tested positive this fall. 18 students are currently in isolation, the lowest it's been in three weeks, and 54 have recovered from the disease. Grace Ferguson is here now to report on BU's new compliance statistics. Boston University posted its first set of COVID-19 compliance statistics late Thursday night. The numbers count every recorded violation of BU's COVID-19 protocols since August 16th. In total, 3,040 students have been considered out of compliance. The vast majority of them, almost 2,900, didn't submit their daily symptom attestation. 119 of them missed or didn't schedule a required COVID-19 test. The numbers show that nine students have been disciplined for violations. They're on deferred suspension, meaning if they break the rules again, they'll be suspended for the rest of the semester. According to the Boston Globe, BU is still reviewing the cases of more than 15 other students who broke the rules. The university has received 39 reports of students gathering without masks on and off campus. BU says they've been able to cancel two frat parties in advance, though. There have been 24 reports of students not social distancing in public and 15 reports of students not pulling up their mask when asked. And finally, there were two reports of guest policy violations. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Grace Ferguson for WTBU News. Joining us now is Hannah Barron with a new investigation into a Cambridge officer who allegedly published racially insensitive posts on his social media. The Cambridge City Police Department's Professional Standards Unit is investigating a police officer who allegedly made offensive racial comments on his personal Twitter account. The statement was not released, but Cambridge Day says the Twitter page contained gifts mocking Jacob Blake, a 29-year-old black man who was shot by white police officers in Kenosha in August, as well as praise for violence committed against Black Lives Matter protesters. The alleged owner of the since-deleted Twitter page has been off duty for five months for supposedly unrelated and undisclosed reasons. The Cambridge Police Department said it will not tolerate any derogatory or inflammatory remarks directed towards any race or ethnicity and will impose additional discipline if the statements are linked to the officer in the investigation. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Hannah Barron for WTBU News. And now we'll head over to Diane Huang Po for a story about the deadly wildfires sweeping through Oregon. 
Lighter winds and rising humidity aided firefighters on Friday night and into Saturday morning as they battled raging wildfires in Oregon. However, Governor Kate Brown stated that dozens of individuals remained missing and tens of thousands have been forced to relocate as the fires have destroyed properties and burned a million acres of land. Oregon Emergency Management Director Andrew Phelps said that officials were preparing for a, quote, mass fatality event, unquote, with at least eight fatalities reported so far within the state. More than 40,000 Oregonians have been evacuated and a about 500,000 are in different levels of evacuation zones. Two large blazes are threatening to merge near the most populated area of Oregon, including the suburbs of Portland, which could lead to more evacuations. The recent shift in weather has allowed firefighters to slow down the path of the fires, but more than 1,500 square miles have burned in Oregon in recent days, nearly double the amount in a typical year. The ongoing fires in Oregon are only part of the raging wildfires occurring on the West Coast, with California and Washington experiencing ongoing flames as well. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Diane Wang Po for WTBU News. Next, I'll be sharing the story about Oxford and AstraZeneca resuming their COVID-19 vaccine trials. Oxford University announced Saturday that it would be resuming its UK vaccine trials with pharmaceutical company AstraZeneca after pausing them earlier this week. An AstraZeneca spokesman said that a female participant had developed a neurological illness which initiated the pause. It is believed that her diagnosis is transverse myelitis or inflammation of the spinal cord. In a statement, Oxford said that an independent investigation into the incident was conducted and the Independent Safety Review UK Regulator and Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency recommended that it continue trials. The first time Oxford's trial stopped was in July because a participant began to show symptoms of undiagnosed multiple sclerosis that was not connected to the vaccine. The move to resume also means that other countries can continue their administrations. Oxford revealed that around 18,000 people, including those from international COVID-19 hotspots, have already been given the vaccine. Finally, an update from Natalia Shilatry about peace talks between Afghanistan and the Taliban. On Saturday, Afghanistan's government and the Taliban met for peace talks in Doha, Qatar to negotiate the end of almost 20 years of war. The talks were originally set to take place after a U.S.-Taliban security deal in February. However, disagreements regarding a controversial prisoner further stalled the meeting. U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo called the meeting historic, and Pompeo will be flying down to Doha for the opening ceremony. Other key speakers attending the ceremony include Abdullah Abdullah, chairperson of Afghanistan's High Council of Nations Reconciliation, and the Taliban deputy leader Mullah Abdul Ghani Baradar. Abdullah spoke about seeking lasting peace while Baradar reiterated Taliban's demands of adopting an Islamic system. Officials and diplomats have mentioned that getting both sides on the negotiating table was an achievement, however, the path to peace is still a long way to go. In Singapore, I'm Natalia Shlotri for WTBU News. That's it for this edition of WTBU News Today. Be sure to tune in to our full program every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over on WTBU Radio. On behalf of Gabriela Lopez, Hannah Yoshinaga, Alex Corey, and Grace Ferguson, I'm Stephanie Joseph reporting from Boston, Massachusetts for WTBU News.